The Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. For this week only, MyBookie is offering up to $200 in free bets using the promo code SGP200. That's right, you get up to $200 in free bets with only a one-time rollover requirement. Use SGP200 to play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. The Sports Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Playbalto, the number one office pool hosting site. Playbalto is fully customizable, easy to manage, and most importantly, it's free. If you're running a football pool this season, make your life easy and do it on Playbalto. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com and click the Playbalto link to sign up today. <laughs> You are listening to part two of the EPL season preview here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. I'm once again joined by James George. Hello, Billy. So, was it worth us not being too committal to anything and waiting this week and a half for this uh, this transfer window? I don't really think it was because I think it was relatively obvious that Man United would get Maguire. Uh, I think the only significant things that have happened is uh, Leroy Sane's injured and DeCello and um, I forget who else have signed for for, um, Ryan Sessegnon, that's it, who have signed for for Tottenham. Other than that, it's been pretty much a cagey affair with people just keeping the hold of their players. And uh, obviously now the only thing that can happen is Premier League players can leave, which I don't think they will because the Premier well, League... Louise has gone to, to Arsenal. Uh, I think that helps Arsenal defence. Uh, then you've got, obviously, Lukaku going from Man United, but we kind of knew he wasn't going to play anyway. Um, and then there's been a couple of signings, Andy Carroll, Newcastle, um, Awobi, Everton. The funny thing is, is I'm literally, as we speak, just refreshing Twitter, Twitter every two seconds because look looks like Southampton are going to sign a centre-back. And the funny thing is, is I said to you last week, Saints will probably finish, you know, top 12. Uh, I think we're going to be strong this year, maybe even get into 10th. And then we didn't sign a centre-back. And then I was really worried because if we don't sign a centre-back, well, we might struggle for relegation. You know, it's literally that big a difference. Apparently, Southampton have put in the paperwork and we're waiting for a centre-back to be signed. So it's, it's, it's even now... The deadline is technically closed, but if you put in the paperwork before the deadline, then you can still do your your medical and stuff afterwards. So there might even be one or two signings still to come in. Yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting any major ones from the major clubs, though, in relation no. to talking about the top four, top six. I'm not expecting anything to come in through there at all. No, I think it's going to be, yeah, uh, you've got, I think there's a player called Danzo that we might be signing as centre-back. But yeah, there, there isn't going to be major, any major signings now. I, I did my first fantasy draft ever last night, which was absolutely great fun. And we've got one starting in uh, literally in about an hour's time between us and a few other people. And it was uh, really interesting to see what, uh, you know, what players people want, etc. Uh, and the funny thing is, is 
it's completely different to normal fantasy because you're the players that you would normally be looking at because of the way they're priced when you do the draft it's completely different so that that was that was really good fun and, uh, and my team is just completely different to my normal one but uh, I, I went my major pick was sterling and I, I think i got i think i was actually the third or fourth pick and i managed to get sterling still which i'm really happy with um I'm going to just work out how it works today. So, I mean, I can't really say much too much about it. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's pretty straightforward, but obviously, obviously there's going to be a lot of the same players going in, in round one, which I said to you before, which is going to be those players that have high percentage picks with the, uh, with the fantasy league. Um, I, um, I, I, I was just talking to you before we came on. I, I pretty much rejigged my team based on, um, looking at some videos today and some points that, that people made. Um, do you want to discuss that or do you want to just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you were discussing it off air about strategy for fantasy yeah. and saying yeah, yeah. how you're, you're best not worrying about what keeper you have and then saying how you're best packing your defence in midfield and just playing like one decent striker. And the funny thing is, is when you, when you said that, I was looking, you know, doing research for my fantasy draft and, and, and things and just looking at actual points and what what players actually end up getting the best points. And what you're saying, I think, kind of contradicted what what I was looking at. Because if you look at the points from last year, Salah, Sterling and Mane were the three best. Then you actually have got Robinson and Van Dijk and Alexander-Arnold's up there as well. So you've got the three defenders there but Allison's right up there Laporte Edison's right up there um, there are some defenders Pickford actually got quite a lot of points um, so yeah the funny thing is is when you actually look at it it's a complete mixed bag of all the different types of areas so filling your strikers just full with the best strikers and then not worrying about your defense the funny thing is you are actually right in regards to you don't you need to. I think you need to have a, a more balanced team than what people realise. Yeah, I mean it's changed because it used to be a case of get your defenders for really cheap from a team that keep clean sheets, like a Burnley or somewhere, and then just load up and then concentrate on the front end of your team. But now these fullbacks are getting assists and and goals and clean sheets. The defensive players are now scoring into the 200s. So in addition to that, the midfielders are both. They're going to have assists and clean sheet points and goals. Um, and the strikers are now have only having one way to basically score and are priced up as the most expensive. So it does make sense to start on your defence first. And people are... I mean, the formation that I saw, this apparent winning formation, which occupies most of the um, the top half or the top 10% of um, fantasy football is a back five with a four-man midfield and just one striker and taking a punt on a seven to eight million pound striker who who generally does okay, uh, as opposed to going for a Kane, a Bamiyang Aguero, because none of these teams featured them. And every team I saw, I mean, this is going to end up with a lot of people having the same players. Um, so I'm not going to keep go go through with it. I'm just I'm just looking at it as I took the points on board and I made a few changes. Um, I am personally still going with one top striker. I'm not going with two. In fact, the second strikers 
not really important to me at all at this point. Um, I'm probably no, I've have- when my all I've changed my team a hundred times. And I've always had one of the top, you know, three or four strikers. And then there are, you know, your Callum Wilsons of this world, the Jimenezes, those types yeah. of players as well, your second these, striker. Yeah, exactly. Every one of these teams have got the same five, six players. Now they've got, they've all got a 4.5 million pound goalkeeper, which normally rotates between Ryan and Pope from what I saw. Yeah. Then they all have Robertson and Van Dyke. And they all have both Salah and Sterling. So that's basically... Well, here's the thing. I wasn't going to pick Salah because I didn't know he was, you know, it was before the Charity Shield. I assumed because of the African nations that he wasn't going to get involved. Uh, And then he looked pretty good. Don't get me wrong. He missed a few chances and stuff, but I've got a little feeling he could hit the ground running. So that's what's weird is now I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to start from scratch again. I think now everything's closed and, and yeah, pick key players and then try and pick some cheap players around it. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a great fun time of year. We do love fantasy. <laughs> and if you haven't done anyone out there who doesn't do it, but you love you know football or soccer for the Americans I highly recommend doing it it's vice versa I didn't know much about American football and someone said to me to really start getting your knowledge up and to really make every game important do fantasy football and it really did change everything for me I know you know a hundred more players than what I did the season before and I was watching on a Sunday random games I never would be interested in before because I had a running back who was really important to me so it's exactly the same if you if you normally just you know watch Man United games here and there I'm telling you now get into the fantasy football you've still got time to sign up for leagues between your mates or even just enter the normal one um, through the Premier League the Premier League one's best get involved and honestly, you will love it. Yeah. So, I mean, the state of my teams at the moment is that it's, I, I didn't want to miss out on, on too many of the key players that other people seem to be going for. Um, although I still trust my opinion. I trust my opinion on Carl Walker-Peters having a run in the team and being a Spurs defender. Um, I, have a, I have a strong opinion that Zinchenko is going to be City's left back. Um, I think that Bamiang and Kane and Aguero are still going to be the three top scorers in the league as far as strikers go and uh, and I think Iosi Perez has been put in the wrong position so I mean with that said that's why I sort of eliminated the two Southampton players that I had I think Ings would be a good accompaniment striker and I'm just trying to find the funds to uh, to get him in. Ings, Ings, Ings is probably going to take our penalties. Uh, he's uh, it looks like he's going to be on top form, fully fit. He could get 15, 20 goals. Adams is another great player for us, and then you've got Redmond as well. Uh, we've got a toughish start to the season, so for me, I haven't looked at getting Southampton players in in the short term, knowing that you can make transfers in my draft. I have tried to get Southampton players because I think long term, especially going forward, we're going to do well. Yeah, with that, with that draft, I'd probably wait. Um, I, I can't see me doing many deals with the other people, so I'm probably just going to wait for the, uh, the free agency um, to see who's left in order to see how that goes. But I think the draft does seem more like... It's weird because a lot of people, they play fantasy football and then they say the next year, oh, I don't want to play it. I lost interest in my team. Um, I stopped doing it. All these kind of excuses, which are, which are the norm for not playing again the season after. But 
um, this this draft version, which almost seems more, it seems like a step up. It seems like more of a commitment, doesn't it? Because initially you need to make that eight thirty. Well, put it this way: you do, you also don't want anyone in your league who isn't going to commit to it. Because if you've got people that aren't going to properly commit to it, then they don't ever change their team again. And when if you're in like a head-to-head league and you're playing against someone, then what happens is, is if that person's gone completely missing, and people will know this from different forms of fantasy, where it's American football or, or this version, then you're playing against someone and you're guaranteed to win because they haven't changed their team in six months. So with this one, if you're doing the head-to-head one, you have to make sure that you've got people who are keeping up to date with it. So you don't want to have a of people that aren't interested you want fully committed people yeah but at the same but at the same time with the you know with you with the team that you have with a lot of players uh with with the, with the people that are playing occupying a lot of the good players it, it does there's not as much work involved in terms of you can do a free agency thing every couple of weeks you know just have just gloss over it yeah but it's not yeah. that commitment for yeah you know so it, like most sellers out for a month what do you do in normal fantasy you transfer them out and then you might bring them back in later because you don't want to have that money sat in your team wasted for one month. Whereas with with the draft, you wouldn't take him out. You'd keep him in for a month, even though he was injured and just have him on your bench because of the fact you can actually pick up some good quality off as a free agent. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. So should we talk about the actual odds Premier League this year and what we're actually, what, what, what are we going to give out? Because we we looked at it and now things haven't changed that much. So I think a lot of it's going to be very similar to what we said before. Well, yeah, we, we've covered a lot of the discussion points. So we'll look at it in terms of markets, pick a winner, move on, and then we'll do it like that. Um, we'll try and cover six or seven so that people and then finish with a lock. Um, so Manchester City, Liverpool, Tottenham, Man United, Chelsea, and Arsenal make up the top six. Um, Man City are favourites for the league at eight to fifteen. Liverpool second favourites at uh, as big as three to one, but more around than the five to two mark. Uh, Tottenham eighteen to one. Man United forty to one. Chelsea fifty to one now, and Arsenal biggest price sixty six to one. I'm still going with with City. I, I just don't think that um, I don't think Liverpool have, have strengthened at all, and I'd be concerned about Leroy Sane normally, but. He wasn't really playing last year anyway. He fell out of favour and I think they're willing to sell him to Bayern and I don't think it makes too much difference when you've got Aguero coming back in and you've got uh, Gabriel Jesus um, coming in who's a more adaptable to play a wide role seeing as that's what he just did. Um, I think if Liverpool kept every player fit for the whole season, then... 11 v 11 it, they're almost equal I think Man City and Liverpool but Man City have got better depth If Liverpool, for me if Van Dijk gets injured for Liverpool then there's absolutely no way that they can win the league and Mane and Salah are just so important to them one of them gets injured they're in trouble as well so for me Man City have just got that depth and De Bruyne's going to be like a new signing for them this year I've got a feeling he's going to be back to his very best and they've got players like Foden and things coming through they like even like David Silva is just an absolute quality player and this season's going to be this transition probably of him not playing as many minutes for Foden and that type they've just got so much debt Mares is you know one of the Premier League's best players and he probably does, he doesn't get into Man City's first 11 they've got just yeah. they've just got so much depth I mean Gabriel Jesus doesn't start 
win the Man City's first 11. But yet people are looking at him as a possible fantasy pick because he's that good. And so it's, yeah, it's one of those that uh, Man City, for me, are, are favourites for a reason. Liverpool can win the league and that's why they're short odds. They could have an amazing season again and Man City could, you know, maybe concentrate on the Champions League this year and, and drop a couple of games here and there. But yeah, Man City are favourites for a reason. Uh, do you see any reason as to why um, the bet, the reverse forecast bet of um, Manchester City and Liverpool at eight to fifteen to be the two in any order doesn't win? Oh no, I, I don't see how any other team can compete with them. I think that's a really good bet, Billy. That's like pretty much a nailed-on bet for me. I mean, Tottenham have got some good players. And their first 11, if they went on a run, could push Man City and Liverpool. They've added, I think, well. And Actually, that's, that's, uh, that's four to seven at Skybet, which is a slight improvement. I just had a little shop around. Some, some ways it's called dual forecast, some ways it's called reverse forecast. But the better price is the dual forecast um, labelling under Skybet at four to seven. But people, the thing is with Tottenham is they'll have a good run in the Champions League again. And then there's no way they have the the squad really to be able to handle any injuries and being able to play in all competitions so for me it's Man City Liverpool guaranteed top two I like that bet I'd even actually put Man City first Liverpool second as a bet I think that would you know do it what you said but also just Man City up first Liverpool second well that is the straight forecasts and um, I'm trying to find the the price on that Uh, the straight forecast. I think it used to be decent plus money. Uh, yeah, five to four. Yeah, I prefer that bet. I think that's that's a good bet there. Well, bear that in mind. You'll have to do a lot at the end. Um, so top four finish, which was which I'll do next. Um, I can't think of a market here where you get to talk about Southampton. Um, <laughs> Relegation. Uh, yeah, uh, for me, to, top four. Looking at the odds is about right. I think Tottenham definitely third place, which is so funny, isn't it? Tottenham used to be this club battling to try and get in the top five or six, and now you look at it and you you go, we think they're enailed for third place. They've done well. They really have done well as a football club. Uh, Man United signing Maguire is going to be interesting one. I think it's going to take a little. The, with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I think they're either going to do really well and everyone's going to get behind him, similar to what they did last year, or he could be a good a good bet for first manager to be sacked. I think that he'll finish in the top four and get sacked anyway. Um, I, I, I just don't feel that, although they're saying that's the target and that's acceptable and whatnot, I just feel that with the players that they bought, um, they want for the future. I think somebody's going to come in after him. Um, I think it would be a massive disappointment if he doesn't finish in the top four because he really only has to finish above Arsenal. Everton, Leicester and Wolves are not contenders. And Chelsea, and Chelsea yeah. Well, Chelsea, Chelsea are, are very much in a rebuilding year. I was looking at their team and there actually isn't, in a combined 11 with Man United, there isn't a lot of Chelsea players that I would take. I was trying to do it for this weekend's game for my article on the Sports Gaming Podcast website and at a push and I really had to push to get five Chelsea players in um, and I, I had I got Willian in but I could have easily gone for uh, Sanchez or Rashford uh, sorry Sanchez or Lingard instead oh, I know I William prefer Willian than Lingard but Sanchez uh, put, uh, Sanchez at his best is a guaranteed starter in, in any Premier League team 
Yeah, I, I took uh, I took Kante and Barkley, um, and that was a push as well because he could have easily taken Matic and Pogba. Uh, but I took I took in the end I took Pogba, Kante, and Barkley, and uh, I took Chelsea's uh, fullbacks. I took Aspilicueta and Alonso, but. I mean, I could have had Shaw over Alonso easily. Do you know what? I, I, Alonso is one of these players that a lot of Chelsea fans just think he's shocking. And Luke Shaw at his best is, is amazing. So, yeah, you're right. Chelsea are in this transition period. It's going to be interesting to see how Frank Lampard gets on. It wouldn't surprise me if they came fourth and he got our best out of a lot of those youngsters. Uh, but I think it's going to be probably a transition year and it's going to be between fifth and sixth for between Chelsea and Arsenal. Everton, not a bad outside bet because they've made some good signings as well. Yeah, I, I do like just, just going with the... Um... I, I do like Tottenham's odds eight to fifteen to finish in the top four. Uh, I would be looking to stick that on a few things, but I also like the um, the odds on uh, Man United at six to five. I just think that if you're getting Man United and Arsenal at the same odds, you just think Man United seem just a lot more balanced at this point. Uh, one more thing that I do like for four to one odds, you can bet on uh, Liverpool. Where is it here? Liverpool, Man United, Tottenham and Man City to be the top four in any order. So as a part, I, I don't know why. I, I think I'm actually going to stick money on Man City first, Liverpool second, Tottenham third, and then fourth, I wouldn't, I'd be scared of sticking Man United on that. Yeah, well, I mean, you can do this in any order. So you can have Liverpool... Um, and try yeah, to Liverpool could be third... Man City second, Tottenham third, Man City fourth, or whatever. I understand that, but I'm, I, I still don't know about Man United. They'd be my worry in that one. Okay, um, we'll move up. We'll move off from the top, from the from the top four, and um, where should we go next? We'll go to the the relegation yeah. battle. Um, the favourites here are Sheffield United at five to six, Norwich five to four, thirteen to eight, Burnley six to four, Brighton six to four, Newcastle eleven to four, Villa seven to two, Palace. Who, kept, who are keeping Zaha that's, I guess that's a significant thing that happens that is um, massive 5-1 um, Bournemouth 11-2 um, Southampton 13-2 Watford 16-1 West Ham so I think that Sheffield United at pretty much a pick'em so 50-50 price 5-6 to six, um, are nailed on I think that's free money there's no way they can stay up uh, you say that back, Someone played Huddersfield. Great example. It's... Yeah, I, I understand that, but they, they spent no money in a period where I think the Premier League has changed even from the time when Huddersfield did it because the money is. Oh, increased. the money now is just. Um, teams like yeah. Villa are coming up and spending 150 million in order to stay up because they know what it's worth. Um, teams like Burton. Burnley, Brighton, Bournemouth, even though... Brighton have not, spent money this time. I know. But even though they're not great sides, and even though they don't really compete when they come up against, you know, any, the, the sides in the top three or four, um, they're just so much more established than the than the teams that come up. And unless you spend money like Villa have, or unless you play attractive football like, like, like Norwich... Um, with younger players I just don't think you can stay up and, and I think that Norwich are nailed on as well but I just think Sheffield United are like super nailed on in terms of they're relying on Billy Sharp to, to keep them in the Premier League and it's just not going to happen is it? 
I always think there's always one team that just has that great camaraderie and surprises everyone and there's a couple of players in their side who you didn't realise were Prem quality and they just you know come to the fore we didn't realise that Jose Fonte was going to be Premiership quality when we went up we were actually thinking that our ever centre back was going to be better and he was going to probably have to drop to the bench he ended up becoming a really good Premier League defender you know look at Morgan at Leicester so there's players that you don't realise are going to be, you know, Jamie Vardy, another one, that you don't realise are going to be that great Premier League players and they end up to be really good. So one normally you have one side that surprises you, Sheffield United or Norwich. Norwich, my understanding of it, I've never really watched championship football last year at all. I've never really have, and uh, apart from when Saints were in it. Uh, and... But yeah, the understanding is, is Norwich have got a bit more about them than Sheffield United. Billy Sharp's a good player, but... <laughs> it will be interesting to see how many goals he can get. I hope he does score some goals being a Southampton, uh, ex-Southampton boy. But yeah, that is, that is pretty good odds actually in regards to a team going down, both Sheffield United and Norwich. The only reason why they're not amazing odds is just because of the fact there are some very poor teams in the Premier League. Um, yeah, I wish I could find some kind of um, double for them to go down. All I can find is a big uh, relegation treble which the favourites for that are Burnley, Norwich and Sheffield United at 14 to 1. Uh, I liked Sean Dice as a manager. I think he gets the best out of them. I think I, I don't see Burnley going down. I think it will be tough. But when it comes down to it, that's a tough place to go, Burnley. I'm not looking forward to us going there first game. You know, I, I can For me, they'll, they'll get enough. For me, it'll be Sheffield United 1, Sheffield United, probably Norwich. And then I think it'll be one of Villa... Newcastle or Brighton Newcastle it's all dependent on their start Newcastle get Newcastle, a bad start Newcastle. that's going to be a disgusting place for Newca- to go Newcastle's 20 to 1 Villa's 20 to 1 and uh, Brighton's 18 to 1 second favourite I like that one I personally like the Brighton Norwich Sheffield United one because the way Brighton played at the end of last season um, and then the sacking their manager and stuff as yeah, well and, yeah and the fans weren't happy with that and I don't think that people think that what they've got in is, is any better so um, I like that. Yeah, Sheffield I, I, United, Norwich, Brighton. What odds is that? Sheffield United, Norwich, Brighton, 18 to 1. You know we're going to stick in a bit of bets ourselves, Billy, and do a little bit each. I'll tell you what, we, we, we'll just stick a tiny bit on that, I think, just as a bit of fun. Yeah, I think it'll run. It's like it'll be more than fun. I think it certainly will will be running. Um, I don't think it's going to be a case of it's going to be we're looking at a table in February and thinking, oh, that's a waste of money um, because I just don't think it will be. Um, next up, we're going to look at the the winner of the league without the top six, um, where Everton are the favourites at three to one. Leicester second favourites are seven to two, and then Wolves, well, sorry, Wolves joint second favourites are seven to two. I don't see. Um, well, I'll give West Ham as well. Sorry, eleven to one. I don't see how Wolves and Leicester are compared equally. And I understand that Wolves had a good season last year and they've got some good players and they've got a good manager and everything. But Leicester have got players that can play in the top six, like genuinely five or six players that I could reel off easily yeah. that will be playing. And last time we did the show, it was, it was more because Maguire was there. It's half the team at that point. But now you've still got Casper Schmeichel, Pereira, Chilwell, um, Tillemans, Madison and Vardy. Um, this is better than anything that, that Wolves have got and Everton have made some decent signings so I think they're in with a shout but 
I'd taken Leicester here all day at seven to two um, to, to finish in this to finish in this seventh position, which is which is ultimately what this is. Obviously, if any of these teams finish in the top six, you you win automatically. Yeah, um, for me, I think Everton or Leicester are the are the they'll be the two battling it out. Uh, and yeah, then I, I, mean, then it, I see it, it kind it, of like Wolves, West Ham, that Southampton may be coming in just below them. But for me, it's between Everton and Leicester. I completely agree. I don't know why. I've always, well, my best mates in Everton, season ticket holder, first, I've always followed them. When I'm picking my fantasy team and I'm looking at some of the players they've got, they've got some good players. Keen, the striker they've signed, they have to, he has to bang in goals. Ricarlison has to have a good, they've got so much quality there, but the problem is, is I don't know if he knows his first 11 uh, and I, Brendan Rodgers for me might be a more dependable manager so you might be right I, I wouldn't stick money on it myself because I think Everton have got got some well, real big, quality like, there it's, it's, a, it's big odds but like I, I just I just like it a lot and I just think that I, I even like Leicester to beat Wolves at the weekend I just don't like this Europa League qualifying Nobody that's why I think them. Wolves are going to struggle they're going to struggle yeah, no, because they've I, never I, played I never, in Europe before I've never seen anybody deal with it well, uh, and I don't think Wolves would be any different. Um, just a couple of easy ones here, maybe some free money. Uh, Highest-scoring high team in the Premier League. Uh, they, they, some places have got City at 1-2. to two, Some places have got them at 1-4. to four. Um, Like That's the difference between major bookies as well, like William Hill 1-2, Paddy Power 1-4. to four. Liverpool, the next favourites here at 3-1. Uh, to one. And then you got massive odds on Tottenham and Arsenal, thirty-five to one. I just think City's free money. Liverpool do score a lot of goals, but yeah, it's the level that Man City do can sometimes be just astronomical. And then once again, it comes down to rotation. There's going to be games in the Premier League where they have to rest certain players, Liverpool, and then they won't score anywhere near the goals. Whereas Man City can rest. Aguero, De Bruyne, David Silva and still score five goals in a game. The lowest scoring market is really interesting. Like Sheffield United are the favourites at 7-2 and I will expect them to to win this but... Oh, I don't got, know. Brighton got, don't score many nor do yeah, Burnley. Yeah, I was going to say you've got Norwich as second favourites at 5-1 it certainly won't be them because the research has not been done here in terms of what an attacking side they are what yeah. their philosophy is. But Brighton third favourites are 6-1 to one. Burnley also there 6-1 to one, although they were attacking a lot more last season and get this one Aston Villa at 14-1 to one. their whole transfer window has been built around being tight and in defence, I think Tottenham are going to struggle to break them down for a while. And I think they eventually will on Saturday. But I think Villa are a massive price to, to score the least goals at 14-1. to Although, as I said, I do expect it to be between Sheffield United and Brighton. Brighton alone at 6-1 to is, is, is a good price as well. Yep, I agree with that one. Any other random bets we can give out or should we move on to the weekend's fixtures? Uh, well, I mean, we're touching the weekend's fixtures. I've done, a, I've already posted the EPL show for this week, but we need to get your take on it. Yeah. So I'm going to sort of divert to you there. Last one, um, obviously, the, the good top one goal to scorer or something. Is top, yeah, it's top goal scorer. Um, so Harry Kane's a favourite of four to one. Uh, Mohamed Salah at eleven to two. Aguero at six to one. Aubameyang eight to one. Sterling fourteen to one, Sadio Mane fourteen to one, and then Jamie Vardy twenty to one. Um, you go first. 
last year I gave out Sadio Mane. Uh, yeah, thank you. For any, uh, everyone should thank me for that one. I hope you put money on it. 25 to 1 he was last year. Uh, I don't think Mane will be top goal scorer again this year. He's a great player, but um, you'd think it would be one of the out-and-out strikers that takes penalties this year. For me, that's a massive thing. It's going to be someone who takes penalties. So, uh, Aubameyang, Lacazette looks quite good. So, I think, like, you know, whereas Aubameyang might play up front if Lacazette wasn't doing well. Aubameyang sometimes plays more of a, you know, different role if Lacazette's up front. So I'm not going to do Aubameyang. For me, Aguero is prob favourite for a reason. He's so, not favourite. Kane, Kane's favourite. Oh, why is it doing this? Sorry, I scrolled up. Yeah, Kane's favourite. I think Kane, penalties, Aguero. I don't think Salah. I think it'll be shared around more. I'm going Kane or Aguero. I'm going to go Aguero. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like Harry Kane's injury record. He, he he does seem to get quite a few knocks, and um, I don't think he's going to play the 38 games. I know Aguero isn't either. He's, I don't even know if he's going to start. But he season. scores. Uh, yeah, he he, he could but it, but it, go hat trick after hat trick. Catch up, and, and with the absence of Sane now, there'll be more of an impetus to like rush him back and get him in that forward position and getting Sterling back into his position. But Sterling's a decent shout, 14 to one. Sterling is a striker, scores a lot of goals out wide. He's going to be in the top scoring team um, in the Premier League. And I would go with one of the City players between Sterling and Aguero. Although in my um, fantasy team, I'm, I'm at the moment, and this could change. So, so this is not me playing a trick or anywhere, anything. I'm leaning towards Aubameyang over Kane just on the fixture, the fixture levels at the start. There's a lot of um, easy uh, twos and threes for Arsenal, whereas opposed to Tottenham have harder games. And um, Aubameyang just looked on fire in, in pre-season. And last season, of course, he did share this out whilst being rotated with Lacazette and also whilst being made to play wide. I think now with Pepe coming in, I think they'll just turn around and say, look, we'll choose one and sell one. And I think Aubameyang is going to be the man and, and Lacazette's just going to have to make do with his... Um, Europa League and, and Cup appearances. I, I just feel that he's going to be told um, that Aubameyang plays in the middle, and I think if he, and if that does happen, an eight to one looks crazy because he's looking at thirty-eight starts. Well, yeah, I, it's it, it's always a good a good fun market to bet on this one because of the fact that you've got a lot of absolute quality players in the Premier League now. There was a time for a few years that we couldn't compete in Europe and we didn't have that amazing quality. Now, when you look at it, we have got some absolutely amazing players there that can all score 20 plus goals, but it's not, it's not something that I'd stick a lot of money on because th these are literally, it's not like a team one where if you pick up an injury or something, you've got cover. This is literally a case of if a player gets injured for a couple of months and this, he can't win. So it's a, it's a, it's a tougher bet with this one. Right, let's um, let's start with the let's, let's sorry, let's start with let's move on to the the weekend fixtures which uh, you're going to look at. I've already, as I said, posted my show out. The EPL show episode one um, for the 2019-20 season is available. Um, for those of you that haven't heard it, I my lock on there were, was Bournemouth solely down to the price and value. I do like other things better. Obviously, I feel that Liverpool, Man City, and Tottenham have stronger chances to win, but there's no value there at all so for the price that Bournemouth are I went with them as the lock but um, they, they, there's there's a lot of things I like this weekend as I said to people and I'll be posting my 
official picks out on my website. Yeah, I do like Bournemouth as your lock. I can see where you went for that. Looking at the odds and things, obviously Liverpool are clearly going to win their game, and I'd be, I'd be looking probably for Liverpool because of the way Norwich play. I think Norwich probably won't set up shop at Liverpool, so I think Liverpool might win by a few goals. The only issue is, is they might not have, probably won't start Mane, and they're not as good without. Uh, Marnie in the side uh, Spurs I think will definitely win theirs um, I don't think it will be a, I don't think they'll smash Villa but I think they'll w- win that one Watford Brighton I think Watford will probably win that one so that's not a, I, like, I, I like that game a lot and it was considered because of the odds as well yeah I I'm just looking like, at that just even price on Watford that's actually not a bad price Palace I, v Everton uh, it's a shame that you're not getting great odds on Everton because I think Everton will win that um, Palace now they've kept Sahar but Sahar probably ain't going to play he's going to you know that, that'll be a week or so of him until he comes back and even if he does play what's his mental side like they signed Cahill late so uh, but apparently Benteke just as an outside thing is, is, is feeling confident Benteke is a great person just to keep an eye on he can score 20 goals for a football club but he's just got no confidence so he's just an outsider to look on uh, Burnley v Southampton I can see why that's quite even odds each side I would just stay clear of that game you have, I've got no I have no idea where that would go uh, Bournemouth yeah I think they'll beat Sheffield United and Bournemouth have got a great start to the season so I'm looking for Bournemouth players to be in my fantasy team and then West Ham v Man City West Ham of you never know with West Ham. Beginning but they have a shocking record at home to Man City at this ground. Man City. It's a big open a ground like Man City's one though, isn't it? So Man City yeah, just know how to play there. It's right by my house, and I regularly go to this actual fixture, and um, I've seen Man City rip them apart quite a few times. Yeah, so for, for for me, I think it's quite easy to bet on most of the games. I think the Burnley-Southampton one is the only one that I would stay clear of. Um, so you can actually have quite a good accumulator this week. I think, yeah, Bournemouth at the odds that they are, that is a, you know, and, and Watford. They're the two where you're well, actually well, getting the one. When I spoke about it, I kind of said that, you know, Sheffield United have got this euphoric, um, you know, this euphoria around Sheffield because they've gone up and they've left Sheffield Wednesday behind and, and they're in the Premier League and they would have been looking forward to this. Then the fixtures come up and you're going to Bournemouth, a championship ground where you've just played. So it's League like One ground. Forward, <laughs> you're looking forward to all of this, all of these stadiums you're going to go to. And then the fans start there against a very, very established Premier League team with, with better players in every position. It's not really where you want to go and start, is it? I mean, at least... I think there'll uh, be goals as well in that one. It wouldn't surprise me if that ended up something like 3-2 to Bournemouth or 3-1 to Bournemouth or something. Yeah. I mean, at least Norwich and Villa have got have got three hits because if they keep it within two goals, then it's respectable. If Norwich lose 3-1 or 2-0 or and, and Villa lose 2-0, I suppose no one cares. Like, these, you're not targeting these results anyway, but... To, to take a hiding at Bournemouth um, would be would be bad for the psyche of Sheffield United, and I think that's a, a definite possibility. Um, just given the fact that it's this ground, and there was other stats that I pulled up, but obviously, if the guys head over to the um, to the EPL show and listen to that, because there was a lot of stats pulled up that went into this lock, because there were a lot of options this week. I liked over two and a half goals in the West Ham City game because I think West Ham will score um, it's just I don't think City's defence is, is tight especially with Laporte not playing and Claudio Bravo in goal um, 
I like Liverpool uh, to nil just because they're defensively solid. I like Watford over Brighton. I like uh, Leicester playing Wolves off the back of a Europa League qualifier. Um, I like Tottenham to keep a clean sheet. Oh, uh, yeah, Sunday games. Yeah, I haven't even looked at them yet. So, yeah, Leicester, Leicester v Wolves. Uh, is Yeah, I, I think it will be tight, but... I'd probably say, yeah, Leicester are favourites, just like the odds suggest. Newcastle-Arsenal, that's an interesting one to see how Newcastle start with, with Steve Bruce. They, they have to go ahead. If they don't go ahead, then the fans are going to turn on them and, and Arsenal probably maybe even win that 2-0. And then Man United see, I v can't Chelsea. I can't, I can't think to myself if this is going to be an upset, whether it's going to be Newcastle grinding out a really respectable draw, whether they're going to be, whether there's Arsenal will get a late winner, or whether Arsenal are going to just absolutely spank them and, and, and really have like, and be like three up in 20. Literally, it depends. Ridiculous. It all depends on, I think if, if Newcastle keep it tight and they keep it nil-nil for as long as possible and they get a goal or something, they could win that game and there could be an upset. But if Arsenal score in that first five minutes, I think Arsenal will absolutely tonk Newcastle because the fans will just... They will. We, we haven't talked a lot about. We haven't talked about a lot about Arsenal at all. Even when we were talking about the top six or the top four, we sort of talked a lot about Man United and Chelsea's rebuilding. Like, what do you think about the the business that they've done, and does it improve them? And and like, how do you? I mean, their their home record is great, and they were a really good lot for me last year. Yeah, um, I uh, I think they're um I think they'll do very similar to what they did last year. Going forward, they've definitely got some good players. Uh, at the well, back Pepe, Pepe's a forward yeah. put in fantasy as a midfielder only picked by 6.6% after scoring all the goals that he scored last year in France um, it's an odd one for me because obviously I think it's a wait and see situation but if he scores two if he ends up scoring two goals against Newcastle or he gets a goal and an assist you're going to be annoyed that you missed out on that one I just I just don't know what to ex- expect from him but he has a crazy goal record from from France, and he's not really a midfielder. I'm so. not. It's a major gamble to stick any money or do any fantasy picks with players coming from abroad. Because let's face it, Aubameyang hit the ground running. There's certain players who have hit the ground running. There's other certain players who took a long time. I know even back in the day when like Arsenal signed like Bergkamp as an example, it took him ages um, to really you know get into the the Premier League. Van Persie, it took I think a while. Bergkamp, I think Bergkamp was okay actually. I think Henri was the one. Henri was awful. Yeah, he was for ages. Yeah, there's just a certain players who who take a long time to adjust to the Premier League. So that's why I'm always worried about when players, um, you know, when players come in from abroad straight away. Uh, and sometimes even in regards to like fitness and stuff, they don't start them straight away and things as well. I mean, they're already putting stuff out in terms of Unai Emery's tip to the fans to be patient with the new signing and whatnot. But the thing is, is that they sold Alex Awobi. So there's, there's no cover now. He's, he, he, they want him to be patient, but that doesn't sound like selling a Wobie doesn't sound like to me, they're going to ease him in with, with, with substitute appearances. It seems like for 72 million, he's going to play. So I don't know what the whole comment about letting it uh, give, be patient with him is coming from because he's not going to be patient in starting him. I don't think. Oh, well, well we shall see. So do you want any, my locks or anything like that? What do you, yeah, we'll finish up with a. Well, you you need to do um, 
a lock for week one and then overall lock for the season. And then I'll do this overall. Okay. So my lock for week one is I obviously have to do something different than yours. Can't I? I have to, I don't, I won't just say Bournemouth. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say my lock is a Watford. Yeah, it was, that was close for mine. It was very close. And then overall for the season, uh, I'm going to go, my lock is going to be Man City to win at Liverpool to be second. We got that price earlier. It was five to four. Yeah. Okay. My lock is going to be, um, and, and I would go as high as five units on this, which is which is five hundred pounds, um, and five hundred dollars even. Sheffield United are going down. It's it's a gift that you're getting them at five to six and or four to five in in, in most places, but five to six best price. There's just no way they can stay in this league. Who are they going to beat? What? Look at the fixtures. Like even if they were at home to Watford or um, Newcastle, I, I wouldn't fancy them. The, the, the other teams have got just so many better players than than they have. They're, they're relying on on Billy Sharp and and people like that to score their goals. They've got nobody in in defence. They've they've signed Phil Jagielka has come back to Sheffield United. He's probably going to start. Um, I I just don't see any way that this team get past 25 points. Yeah. So so that that's going to be my lock for the the season. Sheffield United to be relegated. There was a lot of other stuff I liked uh, as we were running through the outrights, but again, as I said, I'll post that on my website lockbend.com if I choose to make anything official. But I'll give you Sheffield United for free all day. Five units. They're getting relegated. Well we, well, we shall see. I do. You never know. They could be a Huddersfield, but I, I just don't know how you can come to the Premier League and, and not sign some top quality players and hope no. to stay up. There's, there's just so much money in the Premier League now. Even if it's a case of making some cheap bargain, you know, cheap bargain buys and trying to, but they've hardly done anything at all. So I, I think very good odds for considering that they have such a weak squad. So. I, I, I like that bit as well. Okay, what's your uh, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Mr James George, and I'm on Twitter at LockBetting, and my website is LockBetting.com. If you want to get yourself a betting package, um, you will also be able to get yourself the European show that will be back this week. Uh, starting it early we're going to do it from the time that France and Germany start they start this weekend so we're going to go straight in and do that and uh, the European season preview we're going to wait a few days to see if there's any activity in the window Barcelona and Real Madrid are now both finding out for Neymar so I think that will be significant signing to, to hold on for so the European preview show will be coming out within the next week but the European show covering the fixtures will be available on lockbetting.com before the weekend that's it from me. That's it from James. Follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. Good luck with all of your bets as always. Good luck with your fantasy. And thanks for listening to us.